I'd like to dedicate our Fabrenga tonight to uh, my niece who's getting married tonight. Hi, hi, And to our great birthday boys over here, Rafal Nakash and Sammy Clifford Shabir Shabir of Racha Vatzlacha Vagashmus Veruchnius. Yeah, and Rabbi Shmuel Clifford will hopefully be here soon. So, who was the greatest breaker of God's laws? Who was God's servant that broke all of God's laws? Well, Moses, he broke all Ten Commandments at once. So, when we read this week's Torah portion, Moshe Rabbeinu tells Jewish people about the events of the sin of the golden calf, and how he broke the tablets, on the surface we're reading about something very tragic. Something very bad happened. On the surface, the reason Moses breaks the tablets is because he wants to make a point, wants to show them that they did something wrong. Looks, reading the superficial reading, it sounds like he's frustrated, it sounds like he's angry, so he breaks the tablets. It seems, you want a cookie? Cookies are coming. Can I pass the cookie, please? A bracha is a cookie. Say a bracha. Say it here. Say a bracha. Amen. So the surface is a very negative thing. He breaks the tablets. So it's a negative thing. But if you look at various sentences, quotes from our sages about the breaking of the tablets, it's not all negative. Number one, what happened to those broken tablets? So in the words, Asher Shibarta, the tablets that you broke, Rabbi Yosef says, Asher Shibarta means that not only did God want there to be an ark to hold the new tablets, the second tablets, God also wanted that, that ark to hold the broken tablets. So in the holiest place on earth, God wants there to be this ark, and that ark has to contain not just the whole second tablets, but also the original broken shards. Number one. Number two, the Jewish people went out to war. They went out to war with God's Ark. Put the fan on, maybe. Thank you very much. They went out to war with, with an Ark. What was in the Ark? What did they have in the Ark they went out to war with? According to Rashi, it was a different Ark. We read today in today's Chitas. It was a different Ark than the one that they had in the tabernacle. What was in that Ark? In that ark, there was the broken shards of the tablets. So that means you're going out to war, you need to win the battle. What is your good, lucky charm that you're going to take out with you to battle as a sign of God's protection, that your God's with you? The broken tablets, which on the surface you would think the broken tablets are anything but a positive omen. This is, this is a reminder of uh, something very negative. The Ritva actually says that it cannot be that the tablets were all negative because if the tablets were negative, then there's a rule in the Talmud, something which is an accuser cannot be a defender. The same prosecuting attorney cannot be used to defend the Jewish people. So if the tablets are a sign of God's protection and God's love for us, that's what the Ark is about, why would we put the broken tablets? It must be the Ritzvah says that there's something positive about it. must be something good about it. Moreover, at the end of the whole Torah, it says in the whole end of the Torah, the greatness of Moses. What did Moses do? 
He split the sea. No, Torah doesn't talk about that. He brought them on. Torah doesn't talk. The Torah says he did many miracles. But the last thing the Torah says is, the very last words of the Torah is, Moses did something to the eyes of all the Jewish people. What did he do in front of the eyes of all the Jewish people? He broke the tablets. And what did God say when he broke the tablets? Yishakoyach. Wait, really? Yeah. It's a Rashi says. Asher Shibarta. What does it mean, Asher Shibarta? Yishakoyach, thank you that you broke the Luchas. What does it mean, you thank you you broke the Luchas? Yishakoyach. Yishakoyach is, is a little bit of a tricky word. Because Ashkenazim, we see Yishakoyach, it sounds like somebody died. Someone has an Aliyah. No, but in the Sephardic show, like, Mazal Tov, Mazal Tov, and so excited. In the Ashkenazic show, it's like, Shkoyach, 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 somebody died. So, Shkoyach, are you okay? Shkoyach. Whatever. But Shkoyach is actually a very positive thing. Shkoyach means, God should bless you, you should have strength. So, God told Moses, because he broke the tablets, Yoshkoyach, it was a great thing. What was so great about it? So, the Talmud says that the Jewish people really we're not able, we're not capable of making such a mistake. There's a mistake that happened. Chaim, uh, want to text to Chaim Shom, see if he's on his way? Uh, the, the mistake they made with the sin of the golden calf was something they were incapable of doing, something which was impossible to make, make such a mistake. Why is it impossible? Because they were in such a caliber at that time, they would never have made such a mistake. It's impossible. They just saw God at Mount Sinai. doesn't make sense. So why did they make such a mistake? So it says, If hundreds of years or thousands of years later a person may need to make a move, come closer to God, and may think, well, I can't come closer to God. Oh, speak of Mashiach. I'm sure Hashem. Should I, the should I still send the message? No, it's okay. okay. I, think, I, think, I think the message has been delivered. All right. I think we should take a little break for some washing for our mates. Oh, that's a good idea. No? Keep, keep on going. All right. No, I follow, follow God. All the says we keep on going. So, what bracha is this? Bracha is Okay. So, but anyone to wash is welcome to wash. It's kosher. It's hamburgers. Don't worry. Okay. No, Rabbi, so you didn't do that on impulse. No. In the contrary, the Torah says that he did something with. With the, to direct the Jewish people. He saved the day by breaking the tablets. How so? But before we get to, to, to that, let's, let's, let's backtrack for a second. The Torah says a similar thing about Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve never should have done the sin in the golden, of the tree of knowledge. It didn't fit them. Why did they do that sin? So that thousands of years later, if me and uh, Yosef make a mistake, and we feel because of the mistake we've made, we'll never be able to fix it, so the Torah says, I want you to know the very first man and woman, they made a much bigger mistake than you, and it was much more catastrophic, and yet God accepted their repentance. Why did God accept their repentance? It says in the Torah that Adam came to God, he came clean, and he said to God, I admit my mistake, and he composed the psalm that we say, It's good to thank Hashem, to tell God's kindness in the morning, and God's faithfulness in the evening. What does that mean? Says the Medrash, God, Adam Arishan felt so thankful, Adam felt so thankful to God for forgiving him because he admitted his sin, God forgave him. And if he forgave him because of the God, he forgave him because he was honest, he admitted his mistake. And kindness in the morning means that 
Adam said to all those who live in the world to come, which represented, which is represented by the word mourning, in the place of life. He told them of God's kindness. And he told them that God's faithfulness in the evening, which means he spoke about, he told people of this world, which is, rep- which is connected to the word evening, he said to the people in this world, you have to realize how faithful God is to us, even if we make mistakes, he's still with us. Why did Adam make that mistake? It's in order that we, whenever we make a mistake, we shouldn't think we're all doomed. We should always fix things up. That's why God tells us the story of Adam. That's why that happened to Adam. It's not just, it happened, not just what God tells us the story. The reason why Adam made that mistake was only in order, Adam wasn't able to make that mistake. It was only to pisch and pass, only for us to be able to open our mouths, only to have the gall to say, I can fix my mistakes. Why can I fix my mistakes? I should look back at Adam. Similarly, and, and far more so, the sin of the golden calf, which was a, had a much greater catastrophic implications, much greater consequences, it's something that, ha- that affected, affects us till this very day, till Mashiach comes. So the Torah says you should know it's not something the Jewish people could have ever done. Not something that they ever would have. Why they do it? It's in order to empower us to do to, do to Shuvah. What motivated the Shuvah? What made the change? The people are there by the mountain. They're, they don't know what to do. It's a time of total darkness. And Moshe Rabbeinu redirects everything. He shows everybody what way to go. By breaking the tablets... He basically calibrated, you know, like sometimes you're driving, and you ever notice, sometimes it can happen, you're driving your car, and you didn't turn your car to the right, but you're just going to the right. Because your alignment is messed up. So the Jewish people, their whole alignment, their whole, their whole uh, where they were was all messed up. Moshe Rabbeinu broke the tablets, and he redirected the, all the Jewish people and said, guys, stop a second, you know what you're doing. Sometimes you need that. You need someone to, to, to wake up, wake you up and say, stop a second, what's happening? Like Grace Middle does every so often, I'm sleeping, and she wakes up and says, Tati, stop a second. You're not supposed to be where you are. You're supposed to do whatever Grace Middle wants. Okay, so, so that's what Maishu Rabbeinu did. So that means practically, if, if you're in a state of total darkness, you, you see something happening that shouldn't be happening, and your, your logic says this is a bad thing, this should not be happening. Do you think the situation is, you, you're, you can't do anything about it? So Maisha Rabbeinu teaches us by breaking the tablets that even if you're in a state which is similar to the state of the, of the sin of the golden calf, it's possible to do something to redirect. On the one hand, the sin of the golden calf is the greatest tragedy, on the other hand, Moshe Rabbeinu redirected it and he caused there to be something greater than ever before. Moshe Rabbeinu caused the Jewish people to reach Teshuva. And by doing Teshuva, not only did they, were they able to reach the level they were at before, they were able to reach a higher level. As Gemara says, that a place that Baal Shuvah stands is even greater than a tzaddik. What do you need? A place that Baal Shuvah stands is even greater than a tzaddik. So Moshe Rabbeinu breaking the tablets on the surface is something t- tragic. On the other hand, what he did was, he totally redirected what was going on. It was a time of complete concealment of godliness. And yet, he brought out over there direction and meaning and clarity. Guys, you got to turn around. And by doing that, he actually uh, he brought them to a level they could never have possibly reached had they not done this in the Golden Cat. Had they not done this in, they would never have been at the level that he brought them to because of this. So that's the meaning of Hashem's Yoshekoyach. Hashem told Yoshekoyach, thank you, this is a great thing you did, because you brought the Jewish people to a higher level than they ever could have done.
That's one explanation. I want to share with you all another explanation. L'chaim, l'chaim, v'racha. We're coming now to the... Okay. L'chaim, you have to maybe a nigan? It's your idea to continue the drasha. Maybe I'm also a nigan. <laughs> I know you need some He lost a lot of his family in the war. One of his chassidim came to him in Israel, and he was—he lost his faith. He lost everything. He lost his family, and he just couldn't continue being the way he was before, seeing the tragic um, events that he witnessed firsthand. So he came to his rebbe, Avram Mordechai, the rebbe of Ger. And, and he said to him, I don't, know, I don't know how to go on. I can't go on like this. Huh? I can't go on. I can't continue to believe and continue to do all the things we did before, the Shabbos, the kosher, the tefillin, after what I've seen. I, I'm not going to be able to convey to you what his Rebbe said to him. Well, I'll try. What he said to him was, he cried with him. And then he said, because the Rebbe also lost his family. He said to him, I want to tell you like this. When the Torah says, the Moshe Rabbeinu broke the tablets, the Barbanel says, by the way, God knew about the sin of the golden calf. The sin of the golden calf happened before God gave Moses the tablets. He gave Moses the tablets, and Moses brought them down specifically to break them, in order to tell the people something that had to change course. That's what the Barbanel says. But the Gerber said something deeper. He said like this, 
He said, I want to tell you something. It says in the Torah, Moses broke the tablets to their eyes. In front of their eyes. Why in front of their eyes? Why did it say their eyes? He says, you want you to know that although in front of their eyes the tablets are broken, although there was, there was a space, there's a time the tablets are broken, but there was another place, there is a higher world where the tablets are never broken. Although we witness whatever we witness, but there is a reality, there's a world where no Jew has ever died. There's a truth, there is an emes, there is a, there is a space, there is, there is a place where the tablets were never broken and no one ever died and everything is still whole. He only broke the tablets to their eyes. There's in our world, but there's another place where, where it's not broken. This is very, it's a very deep idea. What, what, what it means is, is that even when a, you have a dream and the dream is broken, what did God say to do with the tablets that were broken? To put them in the ark, to preserve them. What that means is, is that the shattering of the dream only happens in one reality. But there's another reality where, the, where the, the, your tablets have never been broken, where your, where your mistake has never happened, where there's a wholesomeness in the person, in the Jew, that, is, that always, always stays there, never, never can possibly be broken. We're coming now to the month of Elul. Elul is an acronym The Megala Muke says, the word Elul, oh, you have a turn to it, it's my turn to play with it. The, the word Elul is an acronym for the words the Ark of the Tablets and the Broken Tablets. What's the month of Elul about? The month of Elul. The month of Elul. Wow, we're at the month of Elul already. This Shabbos blesses the month of Elul. What is the month of Elul about? The month of Elul is a month of renewal, starting over again, beginning all over, starting again. It's hard to start again. Because everyone knows the things they've done, they've done this year and last year and the year before. And Start again is not such an easy thing. So the Torah tells us, you want to know what Elul is? Elul is the Ark and the broken tablets. What is the Torah telling us? There is a part of you, first of all, there is a second tablet. Second tablets are great. Second tablets are great in the first tablets. So God gives you a chance when you do Teshuva to reach a higher level than you ever before. And second of all, you should know that there's a part of you that was never broken. On the surface, something was broken, but there's a part of you that was never broken. Okay, I have to do it. Sorry, I have to tell you. I have to tell you my favorite story. Yosef never heard it, so I'll talk to Yosef. You can hear also. It's a very powerful story. Stories like this. There was a boy who went to camp. Name was Shlomo. Shlomo went to camp, and he became religious in camp. He became very frum. The problem was his family wasn't frum, so he had a hard time coming home to his religious, to his non-religious family when he when he wanted to be religious. But he, his counselor in camp, Rabbi Krasniansky, he kept up with him, and he kept on teaching him, and learning with him, and he bought him a pair of tefillin for his bar mitzvah, and he kept him, he kept him going. But eventually, Rabbi Krasniansky moved on, went to Anshlichus, Argentina, and, it, and uh, his religiosity left when the rabbi left. Eventually, he went to college and became friendly with a Christian girl. He became so friendly, they decided to get married. The Christian girl and him became engaged, and they set their wedding date for two years from then. They became, they became engaged. Their wedding will be in two years. In the interim, his grandfather passes away. His grandfather left Shlomo a large sum of money just for him. He was his favorite grandson. He left him a very large sum of money. So he and his fiance decided to invest it in a business. One day, I think this story... Uh, 
because I, I think that, that this story is, is, is exactly what, what we need to think about as we're preparing for the new year, the month of El. This is not just the story of Shlomo, it's the story of each of us. Shlomo didn't want to get engaged to this girl. He knew it was the wrong thing. You know what he did? He brought the girl to his father and mother, and he, the Persians, very traditional. He was sure they would tell him, don't do this. But instead they said, Mazel Tov, great. So he didn't have the strength to say no, so they got engaged. After they got engaged, his grandfather dies, he leaves him this large sum of money, they invest the money in the business together, and one day he comes home, and everything is gone from the house except for his clothing. The only thing that's not taken from the house is his clothing. He realized in a second that the, this Christian girl taken from him everything. Everything. So he called up his parents, and he told his parents what happened. What did his parents say to him? His parents said to him, it's your fault. It's your fault. You weren't nice to her, that's why she left you. So he, feel, he felt he has nothing in the world. He doesn't have Torah Mitzvah, he doesn't have God, he doesn't have love, he doesn't have money, he doesn't have family. So what is he going to do? So I'd end it all, he's going to kill himself. He's going to kill himself. So it wasn't easy to kill yourself in the year the story took place. We couldn't go on Google figure out the easiest way. So he went to the Brooklyn Public Library. He took out books on suicide. He's reading books on suicide to figure out how he's going to kill himself. And as, sitting, as he's sitting there reading these books, he remembers that he once visited the Rebbe when he was in camp. And he decided he, before he commits suicide, he wants to go visit the Rebbe one last time. And make a long story short, he came to the Rebbe. The Rebbe was giving out dollars. And he came right in front of the Rebbe. And he wanted to tell the Rebbe his whole story, what's going on in his life. And he just couldn't say anything. That happens to many people. When you're in front of the Rebbe, the Rebbe looks at you, you're in the presence of the Rebbe, you can't talk. So he couldn't say anything. So what did the Rebbe say to him? Blessing and success. And that was it. The same thing the Rebbe says to everybody. But as he started to walk away, the Rebbe called him back. The Rebbe gave him another dollar. The Rebbe said to him, this is for a new beginning. This is for a new beginning. So hearing that from the Rebbe, he right away realized that the Rebbe saw everything. The Rebbe saw his tablets. The Rebbe saw how his tablets were broken. Nebuchadnezzar told him it's going to be new tablets, it's going to be a new beginning. And, and in fact, the tablets were never broken. New beginning means that there's a part of you that can do that because it was never broken in the first place. He sits down upstairs in 770s to Parkway in the show upstairs. And who walks into the show at that moment? Rabbi Krasniansky, his counselor from camp, the one who had inspired him in the first place to become religious. He felt by seeing that, that this was a sign from Hashem. He told this story to Rabbi Krasniansky many years later by his sister's wedding. He said to me, I didn't speak to you because I was... I was emotional. I couldn't talk. You couldn't. You didn't speak to me. You saw I was all new beginning. That's what it's about, my friends. It's new beginning. There's a part of us who never broke.